0: Pop my culture pop my culture everyone pop my culture pop my culture pop my culture everyone
1: Everyone. It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland Hey everybody welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast I'm Cole Stratton and I'm Vanessa Ragrar Vanessa Ragrar mm-hmm. I like it Thanks How about changing your name Profession to Vanessa Jaguar
2: Oh very cool That'd be Okay good, right? Yeah I'm a cat lady, and <laughs> I like to do foot races and sleep in trees.
1: <laughs> oh, Vanessa Jaguar. You minx. Meow. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, if you guys haven't shot yourselves in the face yet, welcome to the show. Thanks
2: for staying around.
1: <laughs> um, we got a great guest today. This guy is an amazing comedian and actor and improviser. Uh, he's been in a ton mind. of mind yeah, Rick Overton
0: Whoa
2: I've
1: known this guy forever And I was like, wait We have not had Rick on the show This is I know. stupid
2: when you said that I was like, oh, we've had him
1: Oh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah is, I kind of Always the that we had And I was like, no, we haven't I no. get Rick on yeah. Rick's great So uh, we had a really fun chat with him Yep So we'll get to that Very momentarily um, A couple quick things If you what like the they? show Leave us a review on iTunes Go
2: to iTunes Give us five stars And if you don't want to hear that Well, guess what You can just see You're way out of here Because this is a free podcast Podcast and That's all I've got I don't got. know who
1: that character is She's mean She's really mean I'm not a fan i sorry will uh, retire her. I'll retire her. Thank you That's good.
2: No you know I'm gonna retire
1: You I just feel like one day You're just gonna split <laughs> Oh She's fracturing <laughs> Finally uh, We're all going to the grocery store Oh no Uh, Sorry, everyone. I'm really Uh, sorry. You could also email us.
2: Info at popmyculturepodcast.com.
1: You read them all, we'll write you back. Guest suggestions, welcome. If you just want to say hi, so we know we're not doing this into a vacuum, we always love to hear from you. Yes, it's always nice. Yep. We're also primarily listener supported. Thank
2: you, by the way.
1: There is a donate button on our website.
2: (laughs) Myculturepodcast.com
1: <laughs> Any little bit helps mm-hmm. is very punch mm-hmm. drunk already mm-hmm. uh, We will give you a shout out on a future episode We actually have a couple of thank yous to do Oh we, my we've, Yeah, we've, We're actually a little behind right now because of the fact that we took a couple of weeks off oh, here Oh but
2: I can't do, do any thank yous
1: right now You can't I've
2: got to go all the way to um, the fashion capital of the world because I have to go to a fashion show right now.
1: In Milan? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the fashion capital. Yeah. Role? Well, yeah, I think they're having a thank you fashion show right now.
2: Well, let's just take the microphones. All right. <laughs> it's a thank you fashion show. A fashion show for thank yous. And here we have the runway with the models who we'll thank. Come on down, models. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, Oh, Josh. Here's Josh working his hips and looking great in his look. And you know what I described that fabric Generosity. Thanks, Josh, for wearing your generosity so generously. Bye, Josh. You're wonderful. Keep coming back, honey. You're beautiful. Oh, who's this? She's wearing Spring's latest look. Tina. It's Tina. That's right. Tina's taking the runway by storm, wearing what I like to call her kind heart on her sleeve. Oh, Tina. Thank you. so much for being so wonderful. Tina, keep wearing it with Pride Girl. We love you. Work it!
0: Thank Final you, fashion model. show, <laughs> Doug.
2: Oh, and here we have Doug. He is tearing up the runway. He's wearing something very con- unconventional, and you know what he's wearing? I describe it as goodness. Josh is cloaked in goodness. Oh, and goodness is in this season. Thank you, Josh, for wearing your goodness and sending it our way. You keep sashing. <laughs>
1: Ooh, well, that happened. I don't
2: know if it was a total bomb.
1: It might've been. Okay. But thank you guys. Anything. And uh, no refunds.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Fashion Joe. No (laughs) refunds.
1: (laughs) Seriously, though, it means a lot to us that you guys took the time to donate. And uh, we love hearing from you and things so... Uh, I mean, just to elaborate
2: on the concept of the Thank You Fashion Show, I want to <laughs> say that what we're saying is what looks good on people is being good and doing good. There it is. We're anti-superficial. We're pro-kindness. And that's what the Thank You Fashion Show is all about. And everyone that's been a fan of Thank You Fashion Show in the past, um, thank you for your support. This was <laughs> the first Thank You Fashion Show. <laughs>
1: It was the first, and it might have been the last. Yeah, I
2: think it was. Yeah,
1: but thank you guys.
2: Thank you. Anyways,
1: <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. Okay. Follow us on social media stuff. Oh, please do. Yeah, you know, Facebook and Instagram and uh, Twitter. We're yeah. All of those.
2: Twitter is Vanessa Ragland. Twitter for him is Cole Stratton. Yep. Uh, Facebook is Vanessa Ragland, but I don't do that that much. The Instagram is Vanessa Hope if you're in the mood for baby pictures.
1: Instagram is Stratton Cole on the reverse oh. of my name there for some reason. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that. Him let's get to our guest, shall we? Yes. All right, guys, get ready. I've been ready. telling you that for hours. I know. Here we go. Woo! Uh, our guest today, well, he is a great improviser, stand-up comic, actor. You know him from things like Groundhog Day, Willow, The Informant, tons of other things. Rick Overton is here. Woo. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Hey, Thank Rick. Thank you for hey. coming to the podcast. I'm
3: a fan.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, okay. We're done. <laughs> get out my <laughs> way <we're> ahead.
1: It's, <laughs> welcome to High Praise. <laughs> it's just five minutes of praising each other, that's it. It's the most positive podcast in the world. That's right. It's the human ascicopee. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> there it is.
2: I've been waiting for that
3: movie. Though <laughs> you should see the musical.
0: Oh,
2: i here's one
3: nice. of the
1: numbers. <laughs> To ass to ass dream to dream I don't Aww. Know. Um, <laughs> I'd watch it someone's got to be developing yeah. it I mean yeah. why not it's you know, happening right yeah. they'd do anything I just I just saw the American Psycho musical that's, that's what oh, made me think of it, it? they yeah. did
3: a musical out of American yeah. Psycho it's so let's, great let's do
1: American yeah. Centipede it was good. my favorite musical I saw when we went to New York really? Yeah. it was your favorite? it was my favorite Whoa. I liked it more than Hamilton what? what? Hamilton I loved Hamilton Hamilton was great Yeah. but Hamilton was beyond hyped American Psycho wasn't Like, I didn't right. know much so about it other than the fact That I'd seen the movie. I read great stuff. Yeah, Duck and Cheek did the music, and the music's really cool. It was just really stylized and rad. And (laughs) it was kind of funny, though, because you could tell, like, portions of the audience didn't really get it. They just couldn't figure out, like, wait, is it satirical? Yes, it's incredibly satirical.
3: Ah. Most of the people that think. Sarah Silverman means it. Right, yeah. right.
2: <laughs> There's a special place for those people. There was one character yeah, like... Some
3: of it's in the liberal side, which is extra disappointing. <laughs> you know, No, you're supposed to be the ones who do research. Oh, and also are to able to irony. laugh. Come yeah. on, guys. We're not-
1: yeah, they... Uh- there was, like, one character, like, a lot of his friends are, like, you know, super over-the-top stock workers, 80s-style thing or whatever. And there was one guy that, like, his main best buddy is really funny and, you know, was doing stuff like, hey, buddy, you know, like that kind of thing. And a guy sitting next to me is, like, halfway through the second act was like, is he supposed to be funny? And I was, like, the entire show, the entire crowd has been laughing at him. That will be your indicator that, yes, either everyone here doesn't get it no, or no, he's no. supposed to be funny. Yeah.
3: That's because he's referring to you. Oh, no. And that guy in the audience is the one, you know, it's like if you're looking around and you don't see someone ugly and one and three oh, is right. ugly, it's you, right. you know, right. that guy is the asshole. The, the asshole psycho. never gets yeah. the the joke about the asshole.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> very true. Um, well, let's start with this. So we haven't talked about this yet. It's been a while since we've podcasted, because right. I went to New York for a little bit, as we just discussed. Uh, so we've not talked about the fact that uh, Prince is now oh. really the artist forming on as Prince, because oh. he has passed from this mortal coil. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, been a, it's been a rough year for music in that sense because you lost Bowie early too, who was like my hero. I don't and remember
2: just... who, but somebody did that beautiful a beautiful tweet of like, it's it's a really bad year to be a, um, a musical sex alien.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right. It really
2: is. And Prince, it's like, oh, these ethereal people that like really inspired. It's been both of those losses to see the response from like an artistic community. It was so touching because comedians writers i felt like everyone had a like um those were both people that let people be a little more fearless to be themselves you know whatever that looked like not not inspired them necessarily musically but like taught them oh i could do i can do me like I, this can all be as as wild as i want it to be
1: yeah they weren't afraid to reinvent themselves constantly that's yeah. what i w- admired about both of them is you know they would go through phases you're like okay we, but they would try something you know
3: we lost two socially disobedient icons
0: yeah
1: they
3: didn't follow the rock rules they rewrote them we lost two cultural rewriters yeah, uh, We're holding on to one more Right now in this election cycle So
2: mm.
3: I'm very uh, uh, Happy about at least So you're not a, a Trump music. fan? Oh yes, I'm a big Trump fan <laughs> Because uh, I think as far as um, You know, you want to talk about stage shows Oh, that's a He's, he's a magnificent Hunger regional, Games Regional actor in a shitty school play. Oh, no. He really it's is a sad. President Snow. Like, he really is. Yeah, no, he's it is. He's a terrible it's... actor. He's dreadful. He's like he's like the psycho that keeps leaving bigger and bigger clues yeah. for the moron detectives. How can you still not catch me, you fucking idiots, you amateurs. What kills me is... aging. staging it so big broad. How do you not catch this is a game The
2: spectacle. What the fuck?
3: (laughs) What happened to the grown-ups that can piece shit together here? They're gone, (laughs) honey. Jesus Christ. They're gone. I'm gonna be a Nazi. No one fucking stops. The news doesn't do anything about all Nope. Then I'm gonna start exterminating. I can shoot a guy. Nothing matters. It's such a game. And the only one not playing the game is Bernie Sanders. And that's why stadiums fill for him and nobody else. And if we ignore that part, that the stadium is full and not full for anybody else, and say, well, that's just a thats a numbers trick. Yeah, it's called America. America is that numbers trick. That's, right. That's, democracy. So that's called is democracy. That trick. Yeah. That's the numbers trick. <laughs> the
2: numbers matter. That's yeah, the trick. the numbers <laughs> matter.
3: And the media, of course, is uh, not known for their forthrightness.
2: Oh my gosh! Cycles. Or yep. in general, I watched um, this week's John Oliver. I don't know if you guys watched, yes. but he did the whole thing on yes. the scientific, like drug testing and stuff, yes. and um, and how science is basically a, a business where you have to always be coming up with something new, and that like news. All these, you know, especially local news that are like, oh, the FDA says or scientists prove that eating chocolate does this or that. It's right. just like they're reading. They're trying to find a Is a one headline. cigarette
3: a day a good idea for yeah. your heart now? Yeah. Right. We'll find out after this ad for Flaxaflorden. Yeah. The, the drug that makes you leak a liquid out of your ass while you're playing tennis.
0: <laughs>
1: Why always like they almost always? It feels to me every six months. There's a different story about how red wine is great for you or how red wine is bad for you. Back and forth, back yeah. and TikTok. forth. It's Make like it up your mind. It's <laughs> a good
3: guy. Oh no! Now he teamed up with the bad guys. You have no moral compass. We've shorted your motherboard of being a human. All
1: right. It's like it's Merlot, then it's Dwayne Merlot Johnson, and uh, then it's just Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I don't know. I don't take it here. Yeah. But here's the thing that kills me about.
3: Here's the thing that
1: kills me about this is gonna sound silly and trivial, but the thing that really pisses me off about the whole Trump thing, this is totally trivial. So IMDB will rate you like you're known for something, and that what you're known for is the thing that like rates the highest on there, right? So if you go to John Hughes's IMDB page, it's John Hughes. Hughes, Sixteen Candles, candles, Breakfast Club, John Hughes. It says John Hughes is the first sentence is John Hughes. Is known for Home Alone 2: Lost in New York because Trump makes a cameo in Home Alone 2: Lost oh, in so New no. York. It's on the side. You're right. Yeah. So now the guy that gave us Breakfast Club, 60 an candles, entire pretty genre, pink, you know, wrote Vacation. Uh, oh. All this, all this stuff is now known for, known for Home no. Alone 2: Lost in New York, which is like you know, Home Alone is pretty fun. Home Alone 2 is awful. Hey, and like now that's hey. what it's going to be known for. Home Alone 3,
3: call child services.
2: <laughs> What's wrong with child, the McAllister's? Uh,
3: child abandonment issues.
1: And I know that's a minor thing, like who cares, but it I saw that. It is a minor. He me, was 13. Was like, hey, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But that like really irked me. I was like, really? Well, really? don't worry.
2: I don't think too many people... Let's rewrite that
1: algorithm, yeah. <laughs> please. Can we please rewrite that algorithm and just remove
3: a Mr. Trump. Oh. I don't know. I think we keep going to that dysfunction. Parent And asking them to love us because uh, we're just like that duckling that keeps walking up to the dead parent doesn't know where else to go. You know, that's what our culture is like going to news that lies to us
1: routinely. It's, yeah. uh, it's the definition of insanity to return there again for truth. <laughs> Here's a funny thing too that, that this just happened. Uh, did you read about the yacht sex tape thing? No. So, okay. There's, so there's this LA band called Yacht. It's like this this couple, right? It's kind of an indie band, whatever. But they, they, how are they spelled? Like Y A C H T. Yacht, like a yacht, like a boat, like a yacht. Okay. Yeah. So. This thing came out that the sex t- that they made a sex tape that got leaked, right? And that they like then a couple hours later were like, "Hey, this sucks. Someone that we trust put this thing up there, we're taking it back." So we'll go to our site. You can download it there for five dollars. We're gonna like empower ourselves, whatever. Oh, if you, if this you go to the word
2: site- empower. So now here, get this. So if you this go to word. if you go to the, <laughs> the site, <Empowered. laughs> Supposedly,
1: oh. if you go to the site and you type it in to get the credit card thing, it then goes to an error page like a four hundred four thing, and then nothing happens. So there is no sex tape. The whole thing was faked t- to just bring like eyes to their new music video so oh. the whole thing's so, filled but all these outlets that initially reported like you a know conspiracy theorist right. a
0: conspiracy
1: <laughs> theorist. psycho it's it's come out that the whole thing was fake <clears throat> but like the the news outlets that all reported initially like hey this sucks for these guys go to their website and buy it are pissed. So they're like writing all these things about like, fuck these guys. they took advantage of this whole thing. And it's like, yeah, but you, you you reported, you picked it up and reported it on a sensational without
2: fact checking, sex, idiots sex tape being
1: le- leaked. Like shame on everyone. Yeah. Shame, shame on you, all of us. Shame on the media. Shame on everybody here. Cause who, yeah. this shouldn't be news. Right. And yet now you're mad that we reported it as news and it isn't really news at all.
3: Yeah, every now and then that'll happen. Yeah. And you'll find a news site that, uh, If you track three stories down, you'll go, hey, are the elections being rigged? Yeah, I do kind of think the elections are, there's a lot of evidence of that now. And scroll, scroll down then, and there's a weird story about, you know, George Bush Sr. with an alien. Was he there at Roswell?
2: Mm -hmm. No, come on, guys.
3: Uh, Was it your head? And it's like the health bar. That still has
1: corn syrup in the
2: oh, right oh you
3: know, but it's a health bar
2: but it's ah, acai it flavor yeah,
0: yeah
1: right. it's funny that you and would mention me. that you would mention George Bush and an alien because I have this one copy of a weekly world news that's from like what I'm thinking. twenty and, years ago yeah that's just sitting in my like magazine rack at home that's I a used picture to have one of, yeah it's a picture of like him in the White House sipping tea with an alien you know, like Photoshop, an alien yeah, gray yeah, yeah right. photoshopped in I just love it today miss so still have it <laughs> yeah
3: although I used to frame a uh, great bat baby. Bat Boy, <laughs> Inquirer Headlines, yeah. and, and give him as goof Oh my
2: gosh, that's awesome. Because
3: it's, it's the conversation piece of the party. Right. Big laugh in the room, you know.
2: And it keeps giving. And it keeps Put giving. Put it on up. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's what's hilarious to me is that, you know, at the time when those things came out, a lot of people thought they were fact and that they were real and this whole thing, even though that's clearly ridiculous. But now we have The Onion and Clickhole, which are hilarious, but still people don't understand that it's parody or it's farce yeah. or whatever.
3: <laughs> Andy Kaufman would love it. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He loved. How he started it. No one's sure. Yeah, he he would uh, he would, but he he showed a lot of how the society is steerable.
2: Oh, completely! Yeah.
3: He steered them out into the parking lot, loaded them right back into the room again, made them angry, made them happy, He just like do pushing buttons. It was pretty amazing to see. It opened my mind to a lot of how the species mechanism works. Yeah. You- I was his first pitcher of water guy. Oh, really? really? That was Tony Clifton. When he was prototyping Tony Clifton, he would come in uh, the in- improv and he was going to try something new. So he made me the stooge in the audience that I was going to sit in the crowd and uh, uh, right down front, the whole show had to give up my set that night. So that he could pull me up as Tony Clifton without any makeup because he didn't do Tony Clifton makeup yet. He just didn't know if it was worth it to do a prosthetic. So he's just him in a t-shirt, mean with frizzy hair and acting like Tony. And everyone at the club had to call him Tony Clifton. He couldn't say it was Andy Kaufman that night. Or he'd turn around and leave and don't, wouldn't do a set. Oh, wow. So, so uh, I had to sit there and wait. And then he'd come out go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you what funny is. You don't think that's funny? I had to not laugh at him. <laughs> kind of ah. face him. And they'd pull me up and go, yeah, you don't think that's funny, huh? Yeah, let me show you what's funny. I'll show you as he gets a picture of what he goes. And just the whole thing on my head. And the audience, boo. I go out the New York improv side door that goes out on the 44th. I come back around to the bar. I'm watching from the back. And boo, boo, listen, uh, you, you don't know me, you don't know anything, and I was trying to make you laugh. E, e. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. And he speeds up on the bongos, yeah. and they're all loving him at the end, and then he led into the bongo bit with it.
2: Oh that's my god. That's back,
3: so awesome. Turned back in Andy again, yeah.
2: What a crazy thing to be able to witness
3: that was was one of the props that's amazing prototype prop on the picture of water that's amazing
1: you
2: gotta get that on your IMDB
1: (laughs) that's that's for comics (laughs) there is that weird like and I know that like just being uh, with sketch and improv backgrounds is like trying to figure out like how much like anti-comedy you can get away with or like how much patience you can test or like at what point something just becomes okay I'm witnessing a moment versus (laughs) this person is just fucking with my patience
3: irony doesn't fly like it used to yeah you could be super ironic back Back then, and uh, people were better educated as before. I mean, a generation had already gotten out of a better school system back then. Yeah. So that you could do subtler things, and they had enough literature as a reference. No, you can't possibly mean that literally, because I have a reference point to what the original is. Right. No one has the original anymore, so they just think the person means it now. And uh, so subtlety has to be kind of, you have to be blunt with your subtlety. Yeah, Yeah. you have to
2: be like, just buckle up, because we're going to do something. That's why I just
3: come out and say it. No, I just my I'm more linear, like the way Carlin was more linear, forward with mm-hmm. it. just keep driving ahead with it, and and then he would go arch with it, where he'd go, "We're all fucked," to make you so angry at the fact that he said that. He'd go, no, we're not, and then he would get you to fight. He would you. sort yeah. of activate your immune system, yeah. you know, uh, uh, vaccinating words. But I'm uh, I'm watching right now that even some of that world away. way. Here you can play. The PC world won't allow that on the campus now. Mm. You can't hit hard like that. There's, and that's because America is USA, PSTD. We're all a post-traumatic stress syndrome nation after 9-11. And everyone is somehow in a sort of psychological abuse victim. And they got buttons loaded in now. And you do a joke where you don't know where the button is. And you find you hit the button. You didn't even know it. Yeah, well, And that's going on all over the place right now. And that's the result of trauma. So I think comics are running into how do I word things to not set off the minefields yeah. that we're all loaded with. Have you noticed that? Yeah. The sensitivity to things that you never dreamt in your lifetime you'd see a boo to?
2: Well, and it's, it's that sensitivity in comedy paired with a total lack of compassion and stuff with music. I mean, the things that people can get away with now that are just like so misogynistic and so outwardly nasty, but it's like, well, that's just a pop song versus a comedian making a point about something and trying to get someone to think. I mean, it feels like so polarizing because these artists, yeah, the music gets a pass. These artists can come on campus like musicians can, but, um,
1: well, I just, have you seen Bill Burr? I'm assuming. Yeah. So like, he's amazing, but like he will go into his bit about like the wage gap and that kind of stuff too. And you can literally see women in the audience, like, turning off yeah. turning on it's like he's just starting a conversation he's playing devil's advocate and he's pushing buttons just to make you think and get a reaction and yeah it, maybe it does skew a little misogynist yeah. at the time but i think he's like really kind of stepping back from it and making a point but like people can't see beyond like the black and white this was said so this because means it is this. like
2: it's trigger words and yeah. it's I, did, I think it's from trauma and it's from a lot of problems the country has that we don't address so it's like if that's somebody's poking out. at them yeah
0: right. subconsciously
2: yeah
3: and all these little ways you don't even know you're letting them out because you're sitting on something so big and you forgot that's what it was yeah. you forgot you're riding. you're not the elephant isn't in the room now you're riding it now yeah it's going to the fridge with you and uh we uh we're redefining and evolving and evolution's pretty ugly up close it's pretty mm-hmm. late in the museum, but it's brutal up front. <laughs> lots of things don't make it. And lots of half versions dump into the mud. Um we're coming out of so much anger and repression in some ways that in a culture that's, we mean repression. We're free. Look at the stoplights in Vegas. <laughs> Look at Walmart. Look at the aisles of food at Whole Foods. <laughs> and then you're free as long as you have the income to do that. And you completely follow this other system. And you repress who you really were and all the dreams you really wanted to pursue. And you follow your parents did because they crushed their dream too. And right. blah, blah, blah. And down the chain. <laughs> right. You know, mind-slave chain. And, uh, uh, we're evolving out of it in a place where when people get angry about something, they'll misidentify the target that's really responsible for their problem. And sometimes they'll shout at the ones suggesting the problem. Yeah. They won't hear the full sentence. And that's another result of trauma. I see it all the time. They'll attack the messenger. If ever there was the quintessence, of yeah. that mm-hmm. phrase, you know? And, uh, so, it doesn't mean you stop doing it you just have to find out how to word it George Carlin went through lots of incarnations of how to word something to people yeah and it was as if it was whimsical for a while and then it was attacking for a while and shouting for a while we're fucked for a while and then back into jazz and words and wordplay. you see the evolution of all these different things of trying to get into a culture right on The time when Kinison was screaming and all that, he would belt it, he would repeat it, bomb the fuck out of brown people, bomb the fuck out of, like a a leonine roar to it that time, you could hear it. And then a phase passed, and that level of anger wasn't a demonstration model for material anymore, and then Mike Richards tries it and gets killed for it. Hmm. Because I know him well enough, no, he's not actually a racist, he's a rageist. He was aiming anger at stuff, and it would have been a Dutch guy who would have clobbered the Dutch that night, but he did this But He was trying to do a Lenny. He was trying to do a Lenny Bruce in an era when you can't do Lenny Bruce anymore. You can't do that bit because the irony software, translation software, is not installed anymore. It was never
1: updated, and no one knows you're kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. well, it's also and like they got a camera going. That was the right. with the flip, and they yep. go um. That's what I was say pulled
2: from context.
1: Now, now, like everything know. is documented, recorded, screenshotted, whatever. Oh, you can't nothing. There can't be an aside. Like innocent tweets are not innocent tweets. If, you, if it happens to like catch fire with somebody, somebody right. looks at it the wrong way, and then they tweet it and retweeted, and like, it becomes this big thing. And all of a sudden, you look at somebody's chain, and there's like seventy five thousand defense tweets back, or the thing gets deleted, and then all of a sudden they're branded something. And then you're done for a while. No one's mm-hmm. going to touch you. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you can't not like, I'm so careful about anything I tweet. And I don't tweet that much anymore. Choose your words. Carefully. Yeah. Like choose your battles. Carefully. It's not, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like not worth it. Like I, as a joke tweet yesterday, I put like, look, I don't normally like to tweet controversy, but here goes. I like cilantro. There, it's out there. You know, and then of course I got fake, like, you know, go to hell, things yeah, right, bad, yeah, right, yeah. like joking around. But like it's simple, it's as simple as that. It's like you just tweet something that, that someone misconstrues or or doesn't even misconstrue. Like they just decide that your opinion they take is wrong. Literally, and then, or they
2: dislike, yeah. yeah. And
1: then all of a sudden boom, 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 and you're branded, whatever, and the pitchforks come out, the cyber pitchforks <laughs> and torches, and you're
3: done. Sure. It's the same anonymity. Shield, Enterprise shield that goes up around you in the car when you're calling someone a fucking asshole. Right? Oh my gosh! I'm I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker! Beep! You're face to face. Hey, uh, hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah, listen, I just, I In the future, if you could just maybe, you know. And if not, signal, it's okay. all right, I don't, oh, I had no idea you were that. yeah oh, bye. Size. I, didn't, I didn't see the scar before. Yeah. Okay, you've been through this before. <laughs> or like, you know, Gotta we go. say
1: sometimes, is you know, we, we get mostly good comments on the podcast. But mm-hmm. Occasionally there's something negative on iTunes or whatever like that, and sometimes it's pretty mean, but I guarantee you if that person walked up to me or Vanessa and we were like, hey, hey, yeah. how are you doing? They'd be like, hey, love the show. Yeah, right.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, I have in my I have people who are uh, friends with one with one person. Yeah, and I uh, would say that some of them there they can pull all kinds of shit online. Then they're hey Rick, when we're friends, right? Friends, you know. Right. uh, There's something psychologically about it that oh, completely become a different your id just give me the Yeah. I got some stuff I'm and gonna
2: say. Yeah, nobody's gonna interrupt me. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, I just like I f- as much as I like being online and doing stuff too. Like, I, every single day, I'll read something in my Facebook feed that just makes me like want to throw the computer across the room. <laughs> and most of the time, it's because somebody's grandstanding or they're soapboxing in a way that's just ridiculous or using 75 hashtags that make me crazy. Uh-huh. Hashtag bless. Hashtag actor's life. Hashtag gig. Hashtag whatever. And you're like, oh my god, I get it. You don't yeah. need to hashtag it. No one needs to search it and find it. It
3: makes it a thing, right? Yeah. friend and then you got a thing that's in service to your future goals.
1: Yeah, I yeah. guess. It's
3: a me- it's a mechanism to yeah. make right. something occur, right? I'm learning that part about the 21st century that this is now a thing that is is a a tool you use to have people notice you and you can promote yourself, right?
1: That's what I think it, ideally. Yeah. Or your idea yes. concept
3: yes. is the thing you're promoting. Yeah. Promote a uh, politician, a uh, bill, uh, and something you want passed. Yeah, okay. I'm going to get the swing of this stuff. I'm not in the tweeting now. You've
2: got a podcast. You do know all the things.
3: Podcast. I do digital things.
2: Yeah, you get it. I get it. I I was born it's, in the other people don't get it. I was born <laughs>
3: looking at a TV.
2: <laughs> well, that's I was
3: born you not know, a bad birth. Broken the sound barrier. We're about to get a rocket into space. I already came in when things were starting to get advanced.
2: You get it. You've been growing up that's
3: with. Right. it. Yeah, man on the moon when I was still a kid. You know.
2: Oh. That would have been cool.
1: I wonder if like Chuck Gagger looks at his Twitter account and he's like, guys, I broke this town bear. Can you retweet me one time? Like, yeah, give right. me a little do <laughs> What do I got to do? I gotta do? What do I gotta do? Genius <laughs>
2: life. Hashtag new gig. Hashtag famous.
1: <laughs> 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 Hashtag barrier. Hashtag sound. <laughs> Hashtag sound barrier.
2: Oh please, don't let that happen. It will break my heart. Neil
1: right. Armstrong. Hashtag moon. Hashtag, Hashtag walking. Mach
3: one. <laughs> That's
1: right. Oh Jesus. Well, Mach one bitches. There it is. That's it. So we talked a little bit about, you know, obviously your earlier days doing stand-up with Andy and stuff. How did you start out? What was your first gig? When did you start doing stand-up? High school with
3: Tom Pastor, Anthony Pastor. He now is a very successful entrepreneur uh, in charge of meat sales for chains of rest, uh, grocery stores. So he's, oh, wow. he's, he took dad's place in the biz and did well. But he was a funny guy and he's also a published author and poet. And uh, we did a two-man team for a while and I really came to rely on that guy standing next to me in high school and I got some laughs in school because uh, I think once you you get a girl tilt her head when she's looking at you in school and you see her do that tilt and you're like oh man now I'm stuck <laughs> I got
2: the bug man
3: now I gotta do this forever, huh? I think that's my only trick <laughs> I was kind of a geeky kid with glasses, big skinny bean and <clears throat> big apple head and you know easy to beat up and so I had laughs where my Jedi trick out of trouble and, uh, and then got a girl like it and now I'm stuck. Now I'm oh. set. And so it's pretty much either steered or wrecked tale. my life ever since. You know, well, great, yeah. <laughs> Mostly steered my life very well. Uh, and then I met After Ton went uh, off to Biscayne in Florida, and then stayed to pursue another career, I was looking for another partner. So my buddy Bill Spitz put me in touch with Roger Sullivan. So he and I became a comedy team when we were at Watkins Glen, which was the second version the incarnation they were trying to do woodstock it was a walk in glenn racetrack i missed going to woodstock so i went to walk in glenn with him and we're just sitting there waiting for the band to tune up we start doing a riff back and forth and before we know it we got a huge crowd of people watching us while the band is doing oh up. wow so saying, right, let's do a team so overton and sullivan hmm. we're going out and doing gigs and we got immediately got like into catch rising star in the improv oh wow and uh and the right just people you know right And uh, we're doing great Had a lot of good sets Starting to do colleges Back when colleges were Okay with that? Yeah, we're okay with that (laughs) Encouraged
2: thought Encouraged uh, (laughs)
3: Open Yeah And uh, so we uh, Everything was going fine But the more they started paying The less it became an art Hmm. And the more it turned into the business of Because they're only paying one amount of money for one time frame on a show, they don't pay twice for that amount of time. Right, so you gotta split it. You gotta split a check. Yeah. Right. So then whose premise is more important than whose punchline? Whose mm. car maintenance bill is more important than the gas per year? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, broke the team up, you know. Yeah. And creative differences. And also, when everything, he was a brilliant guy, and I don't think he ever truly believed in his ability to improvise as well as I saw him do when he wasn't paying attention to the fact that he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're conscious of it, he jump out, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but he was uh, hilarious, and I wanted to just play and do improv like Jonathan Winters. And so, the more I wanted to do that, and the less he wanted to do it. That also broke us apart. So I say, find a partner that's really open to growing and changing with you if you're going to go on this two-person ride. Amen. Yeah, or that'll that'll be one of the things that breaks you up. So uh then i got some wonderful breaks and silver friedman and rick newman were great to me on my own and they saw a thing in me and they helped encourage it and then i uh chris albrecht picked me up and i was uh, with him at icm and he when he was just doing the the boom out and lots of comics were brought and out to la and i was in that batch to do evening at the improv and young comedian special and all that stuff in the early 80s
1: that was a time. like the, the boom. The boom. That was the boom. That's yeah. when it hit. I mean, that was, the, that was the time of sport coats, jeans, and white tennis shoes. <laughs> and a lot of... And those satin
3: jackets with the sleeves pushed up. Sleeves pushed up, yeah. And those team jackets with yep. the sleeves pushed up and the skinny leather knack tie. Yeah. Oh, the look. Bomber it's coming pants. back. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: right. It's all cyclical. It always it yeah. always comes back around. They're trying
3: to bring the 80s back, yeah.
1: But yeah, that definitely was like, I mean, I know it was influential to me. I used to watch the Young Comedian specials all the time growing up on HBO, like over and over and over again. The things that, like I remember Bob Nelson's thing killed me. Like he was. The
3: balloons and the football. Yeah. You know, he worked with Eddie Murphy.
1: Not that I didn't know. Yeah,
3: he was a team member, Identical Triplets with Eddie Murphy. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, Rob Bartlett.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff was hilarious to me. And I used to go to the old Cobs in the cannery back in the day before it burned down. Um, and Jimmy Myers. When it was great, when you know Sawyer ran the place, and you know you'd have the three hour showcases on the weekdays with tons of young comics that you know, like the blanket patches and patent Nozzles of the world that are you know went on to good things. And um, you know that's back when we used to do the like New Year's improv shows and stuff after after the fact and stuff. It was, it was great, but you know, like it just felt like midway through the '90s, it just really started to slow down. <laughs> Well, saturation, yeah.
3: if you can, and the TV at home got better and better mm-hmm. because they were
2: pulling from that talent. Well, and that's when you had a lot of those shows
3: to, uh, strangle itself,
1: and yeah. so parking, babysitter, two drink minimum, two
3: drink minimum, cover tips or click right on the sofa when you're shit faced drunk and the kids are asleep. Yeah, yeah, they made it easy to stay home. And it kind of hurt an outdoors business. Uh, mm. The way video killed the radio star, I think it yeah. also clobbered clubs. You know, so you yeah. could
1: turn on Comedy Central and watch short attention span theater or premium blend or any of those things that had you know these little bite-sized clips of these comics. So you didn't even have to go out and you got it right there, too.
3: Yeah. Hypersaturation. Yeah. It took some of them. That's with anything. It's any commodity on any market. Its specialness is by its exclusivity. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to measure it.
2: But every it's time it not, gets the most special, more people do it, and the it's like it's oil fizzle
3: out. Yeah, uh, abundance, the price goes down, you know. Uh, it's the same deal. You, uh, why would I go to you? I'll go across the street. Yeah. yeah. It's everywhere. Um, it didn't used to be everywhere. Mm. You had to go to a special place. It had to be, you know, and it was like a jazz-minded crowd. It wasn't everyone going. It was the ones who knew what they were going to get. As Well, there's to a they got rebirth a twofer of that pass. now. Yeah, yeah, there is. And I think that... Sketch and the kind of in innovative expansion on the format is yeah. bringing a crowd in to see because that's a new thing again. And the only thing hooking them in is something new.
2: Yeah, and, and the they experience. don't want to see a repeat of an yeah. experience now. Yeah, they want a new experience and they want it to be a full experience, which I think you're seeing in a lot of these shows that are blossoming. Like it's a whole thing. It's not enough to just have a guy at a mic anymore.
0: No.
2: Um, it's got to be doing new stuff. But I do love, I feel like. There's something happening in the last few years with a real rebirth of this stuff and people really getting innovative on how to hook people into like what's happening, like the magic of a live show. Uh, but again, that's going to be translated into people making it for streaming content, which is, you know, is, yeah, every, and all same. of
3: them will have a, a kitchen match lifespan Yeah, for the premise of that innovation uh, right. format. And so it isn't about like, thank God for improvisation, because it isn't what you made. It's the ability to make, to make. it's all you have everything you make will
1: go it's like make an ice cream yeah
3: where was, where was it I had it here last week <laughs> well
1: that's why like improv to me like it was I've my, my, done it forever it's my mm-hmm. favorite thing in the world and what I like about it is it happens once and it doesn't ever happen again it doesn't capture well on TV or film or no. video. Like you'll watch an improv set back sometimes. You know, like your coach will bring it to your improv team, and be like, "Let's look at it." And like you, you remember it in your head because you were there. But like <laughs> on screen, it just it doesn't. It just feels horrible. terrible. Ugh. You're like, "Oh, ugh. but no. then you remember in the moment." Like, no, like we were all in on the shared experience. The crowd gave us something. We did something with it, was it. Spontaneous. They reacted to it, and then it, like Kaiser Soze, it was gone. You know, that was it.
2: And it lets you not be precious, which is my favorite thing like you can't get hung up on an idea you you have to get hung up on the knowledge that there will be more ideas there will always be more ideas don't
3: get hung up on anything just keep rolling forward your gut will know what to do let the dog lead your brain's gonna fuck this whole thing up yeah dog knows the way out of the house when (laughs) it's on fire yeah
1: just follow your dog. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, well, in addition to your stand-up and improv and stuff, which you still do a ton of, like with shows, especially like shows like Set List, list yes. combine the two. Baby. One of
3: the innovations I was going to mention That's next. That's perfect, yeah. yes. That takes us into the 21st century for stand-up because it takes, for those of you who don't know what Set List is, it's a game where you're the comic, you stand on stage, you've got your mic in front of you. Full crowd, big house. You look to your left, there's a a projection screen that's going to give you all your topics. You can't do stuff out of your act. Your peers are watching. They'll bust you if you do. So it's got to be all brand new, uh, out of your subconscious and live time at the speed of light. You have to write a brand new act.
2: It is so delightful. Is it not? It is so delightful.
3: And the audience... Gets the improv factor because they are fully invested in the dynamic of it when it's put in a kind of game format. Mm -hmm. So you always stake yourself with the competitor and you don't view an average improver as a competitor. And whereas I don't generally believe in applying uh, the concept of competition to an improv in any way, shape or form. In this one setting, ironically, uniquely, it actually boosts the concept of getting behind me and supporting yeah. and helping me through my set. Because it guys, legitimizes don't leave me it. Yeah. Here. yeah. You see what I'm now you see what I'm going right. through? Now you root me on, right? You don't bust me so hard. I, I'm so sorry. And if an improper makes a mistake, we want you to attack him, audience. Right. You'll do what? Billy, you, you suck yeah. and it's always, you know. It's always the, an improv teacher and their students and then right. the guest. They you know? yeah. should have booed the guest.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean what's also good about setlist too is like it, w- it would be very hard to have something in your act for what pops up because they're very specific. It's not just like friendship. The, the things that pop up on the screen are like if Hitler had Snapchat, things like that, like things that are so specifically like different – that as a comic, it would be very hard for you to already have. Oh, I've got seven minutes on that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it would be tough. And it's really interesting to see how different comics approach it. Like, like Eddie Pepitone, when, when he does it, Like, he's just, he just has a very emotional response to whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And it works. He attacks, yeah. he attacks the most
3: hardcore real-life issue, the darkest psychological tunnel. And then he also has to get eggs today. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. It's mundane yeah, and he it's mixes insane. the big and yeah. the
3: small... In a wonderful, verbal, laurel, and hearty fashion, you know?
2: Yeah, I love that.
3: Verbal visuals.
2: Ooh, there you go.
1: <laughs>
2: Verbules.
1: But yeah, no, that, that, shows, that shows great. For visuals.
2: There, that's much better. For
1: visuals. I like it. But yeah, list, it goes a lot. I mean, Troy Conrad runs it out of Troy s- several places. It. He's Cermenzo a great guy. It, yep. And
3: it's a work of genius. Yeah, it really is. it finds your brilliant side of you.
2: And it, every show is completely different.
3: Yeah,
1: yep. It's,
2: it's like it's so wonderful. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Do you have one coming up? You can.
3: I just did. No, nah, not a new one, but I'm sure there'll always be a new one. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. don't know when yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When's this going to play?
1: Oh, uh, pretty, pretty soon. soon. Yeah. Like yeah, probably. Yeah, the You're next either. year, too. So, cool. um, so yeah, addition to that stuff, that. you've also done a lot of acting and movies and things. A lot of them. Um, uh-huh. Starting in, in the like late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Um, and there's certain people you've worked with quite a bit. People like Ron Howard, Harold Ramis, people yeah. like that. Uh, some of the greats. Lucky, lucky break. I know, right, man? Insanely
3: lucky that I timed it to be in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time.
1: <clears throat> with all the right people looking
3: for what we do for the first time. Yeah. Because uh, there was a, a wave of using comics and things in the 60s so you 'd see lots of stand ups, uh, Ronnie Shell was in stuff, and yeah. uh, you know uh, Don Rickles showed up in a lot of things, and then it died off for a while. They, they started to lose faith in comedians and mm-hmm. then Freddie Prinz put a little log on that fire, started it up again, with Chico and the man, and then it died <laughs> off in the '70s again, just went with pretty actors. And not the funny guys as much. And then the 90s, a little bit, not so much. But now there's a boost again. But now it's like the actor, the comedian has to really show a different level of acting. Like Alan Havey showed on Mad Men or mm. on Man in the High Castle. In, yeah. Or in the movie we did together, The Informant, you know. He, he showed, that, no, this guy's an actor who's yep. also a brilliant comic. You can be two brilliant things. It isn't you're okay at one and you're brilliant at the other. Oh, the bar would is great. Why not transfer? I don't get that, yeah, Right. Uh, and
1: Soderbergh used a lot of comics in The Informant. I think like, he's all comics. Yeah. It's like it's he's amazing. completely comics, yeah. and
3: that's the joke. It's yeah. All comics playing completely
1: straight because yep. the circumstance was the joke. Yep. Right?
2: So brilliantly done.
3: Yeah.
1: So good. Yeah. yeah. So when <laughs> when did you first? Well, let's start with Ramis. When did you first work with him? Was it on Groundhog Day? Groundhog or was, Day. Yeah. He
3: and Rick Dukeman who's no longer with us. Yeah, Rick. His Um, health got him. He was hilarious in that. We were the two guys in the bowling alley drunk that Bill Murray gets in our car and drives in the train tracks. He doesn't give a shit. He won't die. (laughs) (laughs) Won't won't kill him.
1: (laughs) And some flapjacks. Do people quote that to you? Yeah. Quite a bit. came up with that on the set. Oh really? oh,
3: really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's uh, Harold Ramis, being a, an improver, mm-hmm. was right. very open to adding things. So I came up with a slippery stick. on Can't Open the Door. Mm. And I uh, said, so what do you got? I said, well, I'm I looking at the environment. You get there on the set, you know, because it's written sort of you can't come up with all the gags that yeah. you want to add sometimes. Yeah. So improv is so critically important to know where to go and where not to go because you have respect the way you respect a movie scene and all the actors and in the scene and you respect all your partners on stage, you don't barge in and switch everything around and wreck the scene just because you want to get your one single laugh that alphas then goes nowhere. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it, it, the thing is knowing how to add things that's just right for your character and makes everyone the hero because they're in a funnier scene. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that's the secret, too, is knowing where to go and where to stop.
2: Because it's understanding storytelling too, that it's not all about you, but it's like how do you
3: improve the whole? Yeah. Yeah, where, where your contribution fits to help. Everything.
1: Yes. And back then, like you were shooting on film, you didn't have yeah. these, these <laughs> right. So yeah.
3: and that digital chip that they can just run off. You going to have some kid at the airport, panicking by the carousel, going, "The dailies didn't come back. It's stuck in Denver. right <laughs> uh-huh. There's no dailies tonight. I'm oh my god, that's my ass." <laughs> right.
1: But that's why it's even more impressive that that Ramis let people improvise yeah. because you know you're burning film, like you don't have as much. It's work.
3: So worth it when you put yeah. the right people in. Don't totally. Do that that with everyone, yeah, don't want to have hours of dick around for nothing. But there's hours of Sophie's Choice gold when you put the right people in. Oh, did it's they do a lot of
2: improv on Sophie's Choice?
3: Yes, there's <laughs> a, there's some very funny outtakes <laughs> right. where they're breaking up uh, on the train. <laughs>
0: oh.
3: She's like, for a gag, I'm going to give them both kids. For a gag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: take them all. Let's <laughs> see what happens.
3: Oh, okay.
1: uh-huh.
2: oh, Meryl, you get it. You get it, Meryl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Stephen Tobolowsky told a story at the festival when we did Groundhog Day training, basically that they... Harold, the weather changes so much where you yeah. guys were shooting that he shot four movies yeah. that basically he shot for every kind of weather. Anytime he was outside. That's so wild. he shot like in like, swing set,
3: ABCD yeah. things he could do all sitting on standby. So a lot of days that you thought your free day, it wasn't your free day anymore. Hmm. Now they crazy. need you because the sun came out, or this so is going to snow, or something like that. And the and the weather changed, and they had to cut all the buds because it was going into spring, and they had to reflock the trees. No, snow, yeah, it was all starting to disappear on them. Oh before my movie gosh, was over because they rolled too late into the year with it. Whoa, and they couldn't shoot in Punxsutawney. They thought you go to Chicago area; the snow stays longer. Yeah, and they hedged their bet, and it's still because of global warming. It started all caving out early. Uh. So, yeah, but uh, Tabulowski takes what I think. Is one of the two great punch receivals, comedically. Oh yeah. On Earth, and Nick Cage gets one in Raising Arizona. Oh yeah. Son of a bitch, <laughs> with <the> picking up <laughs> the yep. diapers yep. in the car, yep. <laughs> and he goo into the window. Yeah. And Tobolowski fell. Pow. Turn. <laughs> spin. Freeze with goofy smile for a split microsecond. Drop. Yeah. That hold before he fell and the f- straight flop of it. It's one of the great visual things in all of film. does yeah. it. you don't need a language. It's just perf- it's visual perfection. He
2: is so good. He's Timing on perfection. Silicon Valley yep. right now and I he's know. ripping oh, it up. He's, he's, he's it. so good. I mean he's Jesus always so good. He's just like the most interesting mix of like vulnerable, kind and really smart to watch it's just i
0: love him mm. i adore
1: him oh he's great he's one of the great character actors yeah. i mean there's he no sure way around is. it yeah. no i love him i mean that, that's what ramus did really good too in all his films is he filled them with comics and character yep. actors so they who knew what are they were all doing. really good at like making memorable like small parts memorable you know that all, some actors might not have made memorable but they're made memorable that's, and good and that's what's amazing yeah. about it yeah yeah
3: yeah, he was a good man on top of a very spiritual soul. You get you you see the the sort of message about karmic redemption in in Groundhog Day. Yeah, you'll get a million times to get your life right, you know, and it might take that way if your ego's in the way the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought. Oh, mm. fine, fine teaching from a real a real rabbi, you
1: know. Oh. Oh well, yeah, he's great. Good
3: guy, good good man. I'm glad I knew him. We had great talks. Good
1: he's. Guy. I mean, his body of work is, is yeah amazing. It's indelible. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. And then, uh, and you've worked with well Ron Howard a lot, and for, yeah. like in Willow, of course, which is a classic. You and you and Kevin Pollock together. Yes. Re after Million Dollar Mystery. That's right. I recommend you for everyone. both.
3: Really? My recommendation. I got him started in. Oh, some of the movie that's stuff. awesome.
2: Kevin.
3: And uh, we Has would he have paid fun. You He would back? kill me. He would, uh, uh, with laughter. <laughs> he, he, so, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he would kill me before a take. He would, uh, we'd be on the set, and he would, right before a take, he'd lean over and go, Take me home and make me stink. I'd it's all blue screen we held the record for the most amount of blue screen in a movie really oh wow with two guys that are spliced into being little people. we beat darby o'gill and the little people for record of spliced in little people nice
2: darby o'gill had it coming
3: yeah have been bragging in the about 50s. that <laughs> they're like, so <laughs> in the 1950s with like split screens and stuff you oh know? My we, we uh we took it to the new uh, actually that's the movie that invented morphing Really, yeah, it was first used for when he's trying to turn the turtle into the into the bird uh-huh. uh, lion and then finally into the old wizardess yeah he uh, they had to invent a computer to do it, and that turned into then michael jackson i 'm black i 'm white with the head snapping into different oh, nationalities that was the second use of that technology whoa, those are the two they sold it to the other company and then turned into morphing from there on in
2: oh my gosh, that's wild. Yeah. You got a noggin full of
3: stuff. I helped sell along with a bunch of uh, comedian friends uh, motion capture technology. Oh wow! Yeah, it was Bobcat Goldthwait, Love Tom Kenny, and oh, Scott is... Thompson from Kids in the Hall, and Jill Talley, uh, who was who, who amazing company. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it was an early uh, bid for funding on motion capture. So we did a comedy backers show where we were characters. In really? The get-ups. Yeah.
2: That is wild. And sort
3: of, yeah, and I was driving home thinking. Did I just help replace myself?
2: (laughs) When was that? I I
3: was so dazzled with the coolness factor.
2: Did I I invent a robot that kills me?
3: It's that that scientist looking out the window. My God, what have I done?
2: (laughs) I had fun. Oh, no. The
3: rise of (laughs) the digital replacement machines. Yeah, that's crazy. When was that? It was in the 90s. Oh, my gosh. It was ages ago. Yeah. Did you wear the tennis
2: ball suits and stuff?
3: A whole thing? A oh my gosh. Camera hat, the big heavy table one. Oh wow. And you do you and the dots on the face and you do your face wrong and it goes boom <laughs> and it like screws up and it's trying to track you have to go very carefully when you move with your eyes back and forth or it blurs the screen.
0: How
2: smart were they to use comedians for that too?
3: We sold it. Yeah. It works. Amazing. Use comedians. Use Even them comedians. For something. Even pay us well. Pay us well. You will be paid back. So pay us well.
1: <laughs> I love we are that. your investment. I always thought that'd be a fun Halloween costume to go in a motion capture suit. Oh yeah! But then I was like, sitting down might be an issue. But uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, there...
2: Who needs to sit down at Halloween?
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's true. Well, let's do first. Okay, we good. do this every podcast. A different first from life. Uh, what was the first movie that you can remember that had special effects that blew you away? My
3: standards keep shifting as I learn. I was such a geek for learning about how they worked.
1: Hmm.
3: Once your brain goes click, 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 and pans past the edge of the frame where you can see the guy standing there and the dude with the oh, cigar yeah. and the sandwich, you know, and the guy with the lights. Because uh, I wanted to know how to make it more than just be in awe of it and dazzled by it. Yeah. So at one point, George Powell wore the worlds so or uh, first, uh, then uh, uh, Harry House, Harry the House first and... men in the moon, you know. uh uh, then Kubrick, with 2001, I think, kind of raised the stakes to a point where nothing previous would look like anything but some piece of shit on a wire yeah. or a firecracker. Inventing you know.
2: a whole, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. And Doug Trumbull kind of re- rearranged the m- the map on that, I think. And I got to meet him on on, uh, on Willow, talking oh, about cool. it and how difficult it was to shoot the discovery And those. Those uh to have one shot of it passing past you with all the crap on it, <clears throat> he had to shoot it in separate elements because a toy would keep going out of focus on a real lens. It doesn't stay big in the frames. He had to shoot yeah. it in chunks and splice it chunk after chunk together like that took forever. They loved it and it it made it made a standard now. Everyone's still chasing that basic standard now. Yeah. That look and feel. They made they made it so good that and there's a kind of an icy cold Removal of all emotion in there hmm. So your brain It's a movie your brain watches You don't feel much watching that yeah. There's a sense of awe at the end That's the only He leaves it for that only emotion at the end hmm. uh, But he nailed every piece of the technology We're mostly using touchscreens And everything he um, I think the movies after that Of course George Lucas With uh, Star Wars yeah. And uh, Spielberg with Close Encounters change the game again yep. to the standards and then I worked on a show where I think we helped change the standard a little bit for uh, Secret Adventures of Jules Verne 1999 ah. on Sci-Fi Network we nice. were the using the f- we were the first TV series to use 24p cameras oh wow uh, that George Lucas was using for his next three movies uh, the ones he didn't use we got from huh. Sony and oh, wow. used them up in Montreal for one year it was a 40 million dollar first season in oh 1999. my gosh and we helped reshape steampunk I was the designer for the machinery and the gadgets of the steampunk series called The Secret Adventures of Jules Verne and takes place in the 1870s and uh, 60s and so we uh, we shot for one whole year and made a lot of interesting stuff you can look at it on YouTube it's S-A-J-V and all the episodes are cut up into things you can see my bad guy Count Gregory I play and, uh-huh. and it was oh, wow. loads of fun Sounds I had to help you know and I wanted to take it away from the Star Trek world of the clear loose you got
2: to design stuff yeah I designed that's yeah. so amazing that was
3: fun yeah, How right. many
2: things are you really good
3: at? I made this friends with Harper Goff, the guy who designed the Nautilus for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That was oh, also wow. a masterpiece. Yeah, I, I yeah, left yeah. that out and I shouldn't because 20, for its great. effects, it was a model. You know? Yeah. And it was an exquisite model. That Nautilus is a breathtaking sculpture. It is emotional It's scary It has eyes Teeth It looks like a monster And that you see the science And the genius in it I just I think it's a masterpiece So I met the guy Who designed it And we were talking And he coached me On how to see it And build it And work
1: around it That's rad
3: And so I made, made these things And the guys from the show Saw it And they brought me In to design it So if you look on YouTube It's Secret Adventures Of Jules Verne That's uh, with a brilliant Design team At Ice Storm Digital I, uh, I was the original guy To make the first sketches And hand them in That is
2: so cool It's
1: amazing I love how you, Vanessa. What was, your, what was the first thing that blew you away, um, effects-wise? I
2: mean, I think it was Wizard of yeah, Oz. You know
3: what? That was a lot of work back then yeah. for, for the year they did it. I mean, it's not it like yeah. as an adult yeah. when
2: I – because now, as a grown-up, I've looked at the making of and seen how they did everything. Right. But to think of the me stages, as a kid, see. yeah, so cool. To think when I was a kid, that was the first – Movie that I saw that I remember being like very excited about the, the idea of another world and feeling like I've I was surprised by the color like I didn't get the heads up that that was going to happen and we had color. It was so cool. I mean and it's great.
3: It's great. Very- Plain, it's almost comic book template, Yep. Just that color, yeah. No nuance, color, yeah, color color, 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 as
2: bright as Dick committing. Tracy
3: style, boom, yes. boom, yep, color, big right? Color, yeah.
2: And the black and white is that way too, so stark, so yeah. perfect. So, um, that's the first one I remember just being like really excited by the visuals of, and I wanted to rewatch her entering that world over and over again because that's like. A kid's dream world. I mean, looking at it now, it's like, oh, what would I give to just to get to play on that set? It's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that definitely. That. <laughs>
1: That's cool. I think for me, I mean, I watched a lot of HBO as a kid growing up and stuff, too. So, you know, a lot of like Clash of the Titans with the Harryhausen effects. Oh, yeah. I was pretty blown away by Tron, which was all like hand-painted cells and stuff, which is pretty amazing. It uh, was hand-painted. Yeah. Some
3: of it with a digital guideline, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's like that. It's pretty crazy that they did that. You know, so many miles of film, when they did that. Uh, I think the thing that for me it was it was a little bit older. But the thing that I was just like I couldn't believe was actualized was Jurassic Park when that oh, came yeah, out. Oh yeah, that's when that. Well, like and it first still holds sequence. up. That yeah. still
2: looks amazing. The
1: first T Rex sequence and that whole thing and yeah. being in the theater where they had the like surround yes. sound and like that stuff and that, that,
3: uh, that level of CGI. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I I'm pals with Joe Johnston. And he did Jumanji And I was watching him Uh, You have Joe Johnston to thank FX pals For hair and fur Hmm. Because when the monkeys came free in Jumanji He was doing pass after pass No, looks fake They had to add so much digital RAM space to get the tip of each little bit of fur because it looked like one blanket thing with a hair sticking out every now and then. No, you can't. And all the other the the films that will now take advantage of that fur thing, whether it's Mighty Joe Young or well, I have a friend who that's his job. Thank for cracking the digital code on how to make fur.
2: It's amazing. It's the most tedious work, and I have a friend that does that, like digital texture work, (laughs) and he's of the best and weirdest thing is like, he's an amazing artist, like a painter and a really realistic painter. And he spends his days like working on, nubs. Just nubs. Mm-hmm. And it looks amazing. Where the money is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's how you make art.
3: I'm a nub
1: money man.
2: <laughs> Aren't we all, though? That's right. When it comes <laughs> out to it. Uh,
1: well, let's do my question thing. Which okay. we'll, we'll do a build a movie. We'd we'll love to do these. Mm-hmm. So together as a trio, we're going to build a film together. There's uh, no budgetary restrictions. There's no era restrictions. So Humphrey Bogart and Miley Cyrus could be in it together if you wanted. Uh, Anybody could direct it whatever. But let's build a giant mm-hmm. ensemble race movie a la the Cannonball all run, um, we can put as many people as we want in it, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and I think it might be fun to pepper it with comics and stuff because why yeah, not? Can I
3: get in this fucking yeah, thing? You're How in come, it. How come? You know, I never hear about this shit. It's cast by the time I found out about yeah, it. You're right. cast. Oh, I got great in it. news. Oh, I'm in it. Okay, good.
2: Yeah. Okay. yeah, you're the leader of. <laughs> okay, the, oh, I'm the leader. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. You're the, to be the leader. Uh, the somebody. You tell him who he's the leader of. All right, so, so we're Rick, really excited to tell you about this. Rick plays a guy this. that
1: was a, a, a one-time trans. Uh Continental race uh, winner, and he's dragged out of retirement because they're reviving this race. He's like, I don't, wow. want, I don't race cars anymore, guys. Like Family that, man, yeah, settled down, right? I don't station do, wagon. I don't do this anymore. Divorced, but, divorced. <laughs> yeah, but his son, his his eldest son's like, come on, dad, I'll come with you. It'll be a good father. They've son. had a strained Bonding relationship, thing. right? That what kind happened? of thing.
2: Well, he came out to you, and you weren't accepting at that time because you were just you had your mm-hmm. own darkness.
1: Right right so this is gonna bring you guys closer together so you agree to do it so it's a father son road trip for you
3: guys uh, yeah he's out and lgbt and mm-hmm. dad's coming around to being more open-minded and they're yep. gonna make a road trip out of it huh yeah, yeah. At illegal uh, uh
1: death-defying speeds <laughs> yeah
3: yes
2: exactly there's, there's you got a, it go there's some uh, and, you're pitching and, yeah, it yeah right. there's so a million, million dollar do
1: you, prize what do, we in? what do you put us in Oh, gosh. Uh, you 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 just dusted Can off your old... wagon? Yeah. Do I take my station wagon? You soup wagon? it up. You souped up you wagon.
2: steampunk that wagon. Maybe
3: I'd have a Millennium Falcon wagon that looks like a piece of shit and is the meanest, fastest car. Oh, for sure. It looks yeah, like this sure. pedestrian rattle trap so that no one thinks it's me. And whenever I'm being chased by the cops, I pull up... Right behind a hot rod car, and they pop the hot rod car because it went through the radar scan, you know.
2: Oh. oh, and guess what? Your old arch nemesis is back, and you haven't seen her in a while. It's played by Carol Burnett, and she has got herself. You guys used to be fierce competitors, and she does nasty tricks on the road, but you haven't seen her in a long time because she moved to Newfoundland to start a bakery. Uh, but she's <laughs> back, of <course>. and she's <laughs> meaner than ever. <laughs>
0: All right, what, does she, my what does she drive? What's, what her, she what's her vehicle? she
2: drives is, oh, it's like a, a bakery truck. It looks like a bakery truck, but it's souped up, honey, and it's got knives sticking out of the tire. Like, she used all the baking things as weapons. Oh, and I flour, see. Flour, she'll, like, bust bags of flour to dump on the car. Jesus. She's like a, a it's pop like, comic uh, and a racer. She's like
3: <laughs> Professor Fate. Ooh. Uh, great race. Great
0: race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Max, get in here!
2: And she wears, like, a baker's <laughs> outfit.
1: That was when I was a kid. That the, was the coolest thing I ever saw, the, man. The pie fight. baby. Scrim, I used to scream. watch. Oh. I used to queue up the pie fight sequence and watch it over yeah. and over oh and gosh. over again. Because well, the whole thing is, just like, Tony Curtis is walking through in stark totally white. Totally
3: pristine
1: white. Nothing is getting on him. Everybody else is just covered with <laughs> pie for this entire sequence. And yeah. it's choreographed beautiful because there's. Pie's by and buying that they had to really do. So I'm sure they had takes where like stuff would spray out, oh, and they had to go back. Yeah. And finally, costume
2: was at... like, "I only have five of these." <laughs>
1: yeah, right, right, exactly. Ah! No
0: little <laughs> blueberry,
2: blueberry. Please, I Whip can't cream. get
0: this out. Whip, cream.
1: <laughs> and then finally, at the very end, he takes a pie, and it's like the best thing ever. Spoilers, sorry guys. Spoiler. Did I spoil it? Uh, yeah, right from 1964. Right. <laughs> <forward>. <laughs> and yeah, I just used to. Oh God, I used to just watch that over and over and over when I was a little. And big. I
3: also love those magnetic magnificent men and their flying
1: machines. machines.
2: Yep. Oh yeah.
3: Another. And it, do you realize how sexually free those romps were where Whoa. the guys are banging women and hay and stuff? Like I'm a little kid looking at my dad, looking around like, ah, oh, so this is the future of sex. So cinema, I'll get to romp someday. It? Yeah. I was watching, I was watching Bond movies as a kid, you know, and he's he has sex. He just got it on with somebody just met. Is this my adult life?
0: Almost.
3: Yeah. As a comedian, there's a brief period of it,
2: It's followed by crippling depression, crippling and depression doubt and, and, uh, and loss. But yes. Lack of intimacy in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Fear of real connection, but sure. There it is. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Romp a bit. Yeah.
1: All right, so we need to put a few more racers in this picture, Okay. Cause, All right. Uh, Adam uh, and uh, Ian
3: McKellen is uh, driving a uh, a uh, Triumph uh, Trident Motorcycle with a sidecar with Sir Patrick Stewart in it. Oh my gosh, uh, and this two, is and a dream. But it's like uh, they're two ton up boys uh, from, uh, from the UK, Teddy Boys. Yeah. From the, the rock mods and rockers, you know. And uh, so they're like, you know, an early uh, couple of Cockneys. Riding a long ton-up, you know, ton-up base go over hundred miles an
1: hour. It's ton-up.
3: Oh, it's ton-up. Yeah, Old dangerous. <laughs> Soon a bike with drum brakes. Ride right, ton-up, you
1: know. what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, their Wait. nephew, played by Russell Brand, does not want them to race. No. So because he, sh- he
2: knows that they have health issues.
1: Yeah. And he's
3: a uh, and he's a
1: traffic helicopter reporter. <gasps> there it is. Oh, this
3: is. And good. so he's following along, trying to contact his uncle and get him to stop
1: right. from the helicopter. And it gives us great aerial shots of the race, and to it will cut throughout. from that. Yeah, right. Yeah.
3: And his reporting gives us the idea. He's sort of in our town, you know. Oh yeah, 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 right. totally. And it
2: gives us great areola shots because Miss Burnett's driving topless. What? <laughs> I don't know. We got to add sex in here.
1: And that's all. Also- well, there's there's going to be some like uh, like hot chick wagon or something driven by like Megan Fox or something. No,
2: we're making this movie. The studio is insisting. We can stop this. We yeah. can stop. The studio us.
1: would insist that, that that be a thing.
3: We see Stephen Hawking slowly he loads into this thing and then the panel on the floor goes down and he has a bat cave kind of thing the whole chair drops in to this Batmobile kind of car that's armored and purely electric with solar panels on top and uh, uh, really like wedge shaped and just Bangs thing out things out of its way and digital. Ooh. And he sits there and all these uh, these virtual panels appear up around him and his eyes are darting and it's all reading and then like these little things clip onto his head, so now it's just reading his mind signals. And then the, the <laughs> cave opens good. up, you know, and he starts driving out. And the car can look Eat like other cars. Dust. Oh, it, can it, can project an, uh, it can look like a m you know, an oh, ice cream truck and other yeah. stuff, and then it reshapes cause it's throwing these pictures up around itself. And, uh, and the
1: only certainty in life yeah. is that you all will get second place. Yeah.
2: Wait, what's it, <laughs> why are they all racing? What's at stake?
1: Uh, There's a big cash prize. Always. There's like, I'd say it's like a 10, like an eccentric millionaire is about to die. And he says his last wish is like my entire estate and savings will go to the winner of this race. If they bring it back. An industry. Okay. It's yeah. a
3: guy who created an app.
2: Oh yep. yeah. An app so, man. <laughs>
3: uh, uh, um, it is the most. The, the most uh, well-funded startup guy. And, yep. uh, and he's just giving the money away because it's a tax thing. <laughs> right. And he's so <laughs> rich, perfect. this entire thing is to give him a tax break.
2: Oh, who can that was be? Those are the
3: stakes. Who nice. can play
2: him? I mean, in real life, it would be Robert Downey Jr., but who can we get the role
3: to? Owen Wilson.
2: Oh, all right. I like that.
3: And then he gets angry and joins the race at some point to compete. And okay. he, he, he enjoys his life yeah. again. He has a hopped-up chauffeured car. So the entire time he's sitting in the back while it's screeching around and sliding and smashing. <laughs> even though it's like super souped up, it's still a really big clumsy car.
1: Hobson, I like think I want to get into this in the back. race, man. Go get the car, man. I want to get into oh, the race. No. You know, I, I only got two weeks race.
2: left because he's dying, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's part of it too. Yeah. Is well, uh, th- he dying? Okay, he's dying. he can be dying too. Yeah. I think oh it's yeah.
3: Good. So I want to. I want to make sure. Uh that I win, to I go. beat you all before I die. And guess what?
2: Guess what happens? He falls in love with his chauffeur, and before he dies, he's able to experience true
3: love. Right, and Dom Louise marries them.
2: Oh, beautiful! In the car. Oh, the and last they, breaths. Yeah. And then Stephen Hawking scoots in for his cash. And, it,
3: and ramps it off of the PCH down into the uh, off the cliff, oh. and they hold hands as the car twirls and tumbles like Thelma and Louise. The, they were uh, okay
2: at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, they're they okay. Show, I they would love them to see off.
3: Thelma and Louise 2 where they're like, <laughs> and they're getting up out of the <laughs> wreck. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, that man, was a that, rough one. They, that's when they made a good car. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, and I wanted to do Easy Rider 2 where you have, uh, <laughs> like, the very end of the movie, of the original, hey, watch me scare the shit out of these two hippies. And he pulls the gun out, the two moonshiners going to kill the guys with the shotgun and he goes, hey, hippie, why don't you get a haircut? And you hear, bam! But it's not the shotgun. They blew the front right tire of their truck. It rolls right and tumbles, and the moonshine just bursts the things into flame. <laughs> the two bikes gun away. They get away. They live. And then uh, you cut back to the woods where they buried Nicholson under that big pile of dirt, and you hear... <laughs> And a hand comes What up. the fuck and you this way. They're not medically trained They put a guy in a coma into the dirt you know? right. And so we cut to 2016 In a world where The Kennedys lived And other polit- politicians died oh. And completely switched An alternate universe where everything switched What would be the same If Jimi Hendrix lived and some hack celebrity of the era died, you know, that we don't even remember anymore. What if all the the Joplin and everybody, they're still here. What are they doing today? What's Jim Morrison doing? Is he uh, selling a health shake? (laughs) Jim Morrison. Hey. Everybody want to know why I look so great, you know? Yeah, I had some rough times, but then I turned <laughs> it around with this.
2: We all know the '80s vibe for me. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> I to just like try to sell a screenplay. They're like, okay, it's about Mama Cass, but she didn't have a ham sandwich that day. That's right. It's an alternate sliding it's a door. What if? Universe. Yep. Yeah, what's a what if? So what? And what would? Where would
3: evil have found its way after we thought we solved all the problems? Where would it, it always will the physics of life? Where does negative? Find the end, the other end of the bar magnet. No matter where you chop it, you know. Right. Oh. We have to
1: give our movie a name. Oh, so okay. Sometimes people Photoshop posters. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, I'm sorry uh, to take it off of your movie. No, no, Heroes, no. Uh, we're just we're giving it we're giving it a name to finalize it. Mm-hmm. uh So that way, if somebody makes a poster, they know what to call it. uh What should we call this thing?
2: Uh. Well, it's about a race Money run. Money,
1: money run. run. Hey, uh, that's a movie
2: run. people would make. That's a good name that's for a, a movie. Name. Money
3: run. That's all we're doing the movie for.
2: Yeah. We're making a money. That's run. what everybody's doing. That's who's a, making chase a movie? This movie yeah.
3: is to do what the guys in the come on, movie guys. Are
2: doing.
1: We're, doing we're doing a money the same run. Same
2: yeah. everybody yeah. in the car. We and want
1: then, some millionaire. To give and us the tagline is: If you want the cash, you got to be fast.
2: Oh, or yeah. press the gas. Money
1: run. Right. Oh, or run. press the gas. That's good too. You oh, want you the want cash? Press, <laughs> the gas. Press, press
2: the gas. The gas. Right. Hit, and then hit the gas. Oh, there we go. Yeah.
1: You want the
3: cash? Hit the gas. And
2: everybody looks really cool on the panel. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you my
3: questions. Have nice. you ever oh, Wait, is it one of those animated posters where everybody's uh, Oh, yeah, running sure. And there's one right behind them, the why you people behind them. You and know, for and some TV. reason, there's
2: a fireball in the way back. Just f- like repelling
1: yeah, the, the, them. In the yes. foreground. Slow motion, people. In the foreground, you see one tire with an exhaust pipe like this and some like a dollar bill. So you see them all like oh, this.
2: Oh, that's good. After
1: Chasing the, after, after the car and the money. he's yeah. like a
3: mad, 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 mad world.
1: Yep. Which and is the, the first
2: one of those. Oh, yeah. Top corner, we got the helicopter, too. That's a nice thing for up there with right. Russell Brand swinging off the little uh, oh, ladder. Oh, yeah. The
1: microphone. Oh, yeah. Ah. Nice. I love I'd, it. I'd go. That'd That'd 60s, those
3: 60s posters, those like so What's great. New Pussycat? Oh, yeah. so good. They're, they're oh, such collectible lobby art, you know? Yeah, they're amazing.
2: I've been looking at a lot of old posters lately. Old magician posters. So yeah, great good. Stuff. Oh,
3: okay. They're always underlit. Mm. Yeah, spooky. <laughs> I'm creepy, but attractive all at once. <laughs>
2: and there's a deadish woman nearby.
3: Deadish.
1: You know. You're intrigued. <laughs> Come on, you're intrigued. You admit it, I've intrigued you. Uh,
2: have you ever met an Olsen twin? No. Oh, okay. I've created an alter ego for you named Chard Underton.
3: Chard Underton. Can you, can
2: you describe
3: him? Chard Underton is uh, a... <laughs> he's uh <laughs> he's from the lettuce family <laughs> and uh he's uh he fights for the underdog oh yes uh he he actually fights for the animated Cartoon underdog. He doesn't oh, care about people. who struggle. Battle. He just wants <laughs> yeah. that series back on the air. That's really all that matters. Someone needs to do. Oh,
2: Chard it. Underton uh, keeps calling, sir. I uh, can't uh, get him to no, stop. No,
3: it's there's, there's it's a whole rights thing. It's the Patty Freeland. We can't touch it. It's theirs. <laughs> you understand? The Bullwinkle people, I think.
2: Chard, it's a paperwork nightmare.
3: <laughs> come up with a new one, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> That's not my point, sir. Not the point. You don't. You don't get Chard Underton. You. you just don't don't get it. <laughs> um,
2: okay, you've angered a wizard, and he's giving you a choice between two punishments. Either you grow an incredible beard as long as your body, longer, that you have to tuck into your clothes oh, and into your pants yeah. and into your shoes. <laughs> or you have no hair anywhere at all, ever, and you have to wear a kilt every day.
3: I take beat. Really? Yeah.
2: You're ready for a kilt?
3: Yeah. Have you ever worn a kilt? Oh, I have. I'm Scottish, you know.
2: Oh, you are?
3: That's it. That's my heritage.
2: Oh, then I wouldn't have asked.
3: Yeah, of course. I'm from, uh, from Clan Macintosh. Yeah. Ooh. That's what I, I. You go to Edinburgh. So do
2: you have if a kilt? I'm not from
3: there yet. Well. Do you have kilts? Uh, I had one. Oh. And I lost it in a move. I'm going to get another one. There, I went to. My legs, though. I got to be. I have to say. Good. I was doing uh, this movie with Harold Ramos called Year One. With Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wear armor, and I got my legs, just my old, my white legs. And I was walking with my armor to the set, and this this Louisiana, and this extra from Louisiana is wearing his arms, walking back the other way, he goes... Boy, are those your legs, or are you riding a
1: chicken? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be mad at him. I fell down. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the that's the best insult I've ever heard. That's just, really I'm good. just stealing it for the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. <laughs> and then so you can use I that. So that's why I don't wear the kilt now. I mean, if I got a little more sun on them, maybe. But they were pretty white sure. at the time. Yeah. God it. I just got the part and had to get into the armor. I didn't have time to do anything. But... uh My legs aren't the strong suit of my look So, (laughs) yeah, I'd say it's the top of my head
2: Oh, well, good You've got that (laughs) I'm not taking that away
3: Mm, I don't know You know, if I had the long beard I guess I could comb it over and just roll it. Oh, yeah, a thing around my head, like a ring.
2: Oh, yeah, like a lion's like mane, like a donut almost. ring, like a lion's yeah. mane. Yeah, yeah, that's a look swirled and swirled. The swirl. and swirled. It's not a comb over, he does the swirl. <laughs> the swirl, the beard Ooh. swirl, Man, yeah, charred, cool swirl. Charred. Um, <laughs> if you had to only pick one medium you could express yourself with, what would it be? Acrylics. Really? No, I don't know. <laughs> I did not see it. I should have made it multiple I mean, choices. They dry a
1: lot faster than oil, I
2: mean, if you can only do stand-up or act or podcast or improvise, I guess.
3: Oh, improvise. Yeah. Because you can do everything else within that. Yeah. That's the then it gives wish all, for more wishes. the latitude is given within that phrase.
2: You're right. Damn it, I shouldn't have given that option I'm really
3: fucking it up today (laughs) Uh,
2: If you could take Any character you've played In any film or show And give them their own spin-off Who would you delve into?
3: I would like to think I'm doing uh, uh, I had fun doing Leverage as an FBI guy and mm. Taggart and McSweet, and there was some playful chat about Taggart and McSweet and breaking off as the two, the older and the younger FBI agents. Oh my uh, gosh! The frickin' frac uh, guy. That once again, my comfort within a team. And yeah. The two-person stuff is yeah. always such great fun. Uh, uh, yeah. That's a good choice.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, and good and, for and, him.
3: Uh, you know I'm going to be coming up on uh, I'm going to hopefully be recurring on Veep and oh on, awesome I'm dying up here so which will be on Showtime, about the comedy scene in... Uh,
2: I'm really excited about that show. Yeah, in L.A. in
3: 1973, which I <laughs> i kind of remember. Right. <laughs> you know, so
2: that's good. Fact checker. thats yes. They brought you on as a fact checker?
3: Uh, in some ways, uh, inadvertently, I could be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So awesome! It's uh, those are you know. Hopefully, I'm, I'm thinking of show ideas now. I think there's always room for an older person on a show. Yeah, I, I think they ran out of youth ideas, and they started to run out. They ran out of a market because all the people they played to for youth stuff, and they thought that would continue. Those they, people got older, and that's up. the base that they're still supposed to be playing to. But they think they're supposed to play to their kids, and then now you, the base doesn't like it when you ditched them to yeah. move to their kids, right? And they're going yeah. to have able to They used to have middle aged guys parking right out in the front of every place they had to go in, you know? Mm. <laughs> there was a lot of shows with middle-aged people and yeah. older people. And they abandoned that wing of the 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 Barney Millers and the everything, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I think true. it's time to bring that back. Yeah. Get a whole thing of older detectives again. Wise older detectives.
2: Maybe solving some sexy stuff.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? Yeah. <laughs> <Vetch> my <pitch. laughs>
1: That's
2: right. Uh, you guys figure out the rest, but
1: <laughs> or you know, make it you know maybe make the mundane exciting. Maybe like the show is called Tax Crime. Oh Tax yeah, time. finally. Yeah. Yeah,
3: right.
1: yeah. insurance fraud. Right. Yeah. It's just <laughs> hours. Hey, Bobby,
3: where's your neck brace? <laughs> oh, look at you on the tennis court. You're busted. You're going down, Mister. But not literally, but if
2: you could just walk with us
3: over here. Yeah, easy going. No, yeah, Take your yeah.
2: time. Do you need any coffee or anything yeah, just while just we're going here? To hide it
3: when you're going down.
1: Now, you're going to receive a citation in the mail sometime in the next 60 to 90 days. When you receive it, you better not ignore it, or you'll receive a second citation in the mail.
3: I'm wearing a body
2: cam. Don't you swing at me. I'll figure out how to turn it on. Yeah. It,
3: it, it's buttons. Bluetooth. What's a Bluetooth? What is that? I got a Bluetooth because I don't get dental. I'd <laughs> <laughs> watch it. Well, Do you know we have, who invented the word show. Bluetooth? No.
1: Is it Hershon. Or Mike Hershon.
3: Oh. Mark Hershon invented the word Bluetooth and BlackBerry.
1: Yeah. And, and came uh, up with those with and Lexicon. Zima? And the Sony, Sony Metreon, which Metreon. is a theater in San Francisco. Yes. And also Pendium. And I think some and Subaru. Was it the Outback maybe? Yeah. It was
2: Zima too, right? And
1: Zima, Yeah. Mark Hershon
3: has named many things in your life. Yeah. That's so cool. Hirshawn Mark Hershon, we'll listen with. to anything he does. Uh, the Succotash, yes, the amalgam podcast of all the best things of podcasts. Do become a fan and it's follow. It's great. Him. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hershon's the best. He like. I've been doing improv with him forever. That's how I met you and stuff. Yeah. Uh, great guy. Great, great guy. Let's give him some props. Yep. Let's. He deserves it. Everybody love Mark Kershaw. Love him. Love him. Love him. That's an order. Uh, and love Rick Overton. Uh, you made it all the way through, Rick. Thank you so much for uh, the show. I, I didn't have any trouble. What time is it?
3: Oh hell! We just went flying like we birds. There,
1: there it is. There it is. Chitted it through. Oh uh, people can follow you on the Twitter. Yeah, and Rick Overton at Rick and Overton.
3: Uh, Rick Overton on Facebook and my podcast, which is now an archive. We're going to start up some new ones too. But listen to the archive. Some cool stuff. It's called Overview. It's on Side- Showtime. It's on Sideshow Side Network yep. and it's on uh, uh, iTunes and uh thank you lots of yeah. great
2: conversations
1: on there thanks for being here rick uh you can follow us on twitter as well i'm at cole stratton i'm at vanessa Ragland. the podcast is at pmc podcast thank you guys for listening and thanks rick for being here Yay. my honor thank you for inviting me i'm a fan it was horse. a delight subscribe to the pop my culture podcast on itunes check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com, and follow us on twitter at pmc podcast thanks for listening